Oh, good lord. <laughs> wow, so, wow. I was going to open this conversation today with, hey Matt, it's episode three, which we said we would do three episodes as a trial to see whether we enjoyed it, what the sort of feedback was, to find our feet a bit and work out, is this a thing that has legs, is it not? Is it just a thing that we're going to do? Shall we do more? And I'm not entirely convinced that the, so far, <laughs> the content that we have today in this episode really strengthens my argument. Um, I would like to do more. Would you like to do more? I thoroughly enjoy it. And... I've been hearing from more and more people. Sure, oh, they need oh, they need a name. You know how like Madonna has, uh, no, Rihanna has the arm, her army, mm -hmm. and Justin has his yeah. believers. Oh, I guess maybe they're just the humans, yeah. <laughs> but we have our humans, Hugh fans. Mm, well, you are sorry. I'm still eating this donut. You are fine. Not not that you can help. <laughs> it's the level of professionalism we've come yeah. to expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so from me too, actually, for myself. <laughs> um, you ever watched that program, the Disney program, Tailspin, with Baloo the Bear that was like flying that plane, like cargo plane, and they had Kit behind it flying on the lip, yeah? Uh, yeah. Do, 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 tailspin! Da, 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 that one, right? I, I, pretty much you name a Disney cartoon and I'll sing you the whole lyrics. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Hi, Avengers, beyond compare. We are the gummy bears. Magic and mystery is part of our history along with this. I can do them all. Um, but oh, the wow. plane was like being in the credits was like going to the ground, right? It was like spiraling and nose diving and smoke coming out and going. He's like, trying to pull it up sort of metaphorically that's my day so far and it's not even two o'clock i hope you I hope you land safely in like a marsh or something to cushion the cushion no the landing marsh. well you don't want to land on a building or a built-up town if you're a blue in a if you're a cartoon bear in a plane i mean <laughs> no <laughs> but the reason that i thought about it is because the next time right when we're done here not now when we're done here Look on YouTube, and you are basically dressed as Baloo the Bear. Like, he wore that shirt thing, right? Like a tropical shirt. Ah, like right. He favoured a Cuban collar, as this is called. Don't try and make it look fancy. And with your... <laughs> and with your... Somebody used to work as a promo boy for Bacardi. And uh, <laughs> with your beard as well, you are, you've got that kind of touch of the bear, right? So, touch of the bear, that's going on a T-shirt. <laughs> We are going to get our heads together after this episode and we're going to work out a proper format because the first three episodes were really just a, look, let's just press record, get a load of stuff out and see what people think. Um, and I've had some feedback about yeah. things people would like to hear lots about. And obviously, this is literally just it's minimal effort in terms of production value for this. It's just us pressing record. So um, we'll have a little... <laughs> Don't ruin the surprise. <laughs> I feel like the Wizard of Oz. Have a peek behind here. Um, <laughs> I think... Uh, develop a sort of a proper launch of a first series um, because this has been I mean for you it's basically the highlight of your career I would imagine so it's uh, you know <laughs> it's been a grey maudlin first 39 and three quarters years of my life until you came along yeah yes. you sound like both of my therapists so yeah you you sound like daddy <laughs> warbucks coming into the orphanage and giving me a life <laughs> I don't know who that is so you do from Annie. Oh, no, well, no, I don't know any of the characters or famous people. I'm not very good at that. Is that the All one right. that um, Paul O'Grady played? 
Maybe, maybe. No, uh, no. the original was like, yes, Miss Hannigan. Oh, he might have been her in a stage yeah, show version. That's ringing yeah. bells. Anyway, the film's great. Anyway, been. yeah, sorry. So We're not that about series that. three, uh, no, episode three. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's we have a, a reader day. request. No, a listener request, don't we? <laughs> which, which is, um, and we loved this idea. Somebody wrote in. And thank you, by the way, for those of you that have connected with Matt or I on social media or directly. I've had emails via my website and I've had stuff via LinkedIn and, and LinkedIn, um, uh, Instagram and stuff. It's been really nice. We've had a request about um, uh, exercise and particularly surrounding the idea of how exercise impacts, you know, how we feel. And I pushed back a bit and I said, well, you know what? The problem with the word exercise is a bit like when you were at school. It's very difficult to engage some children in physical education in PE because they just don't like football or they don't like hockey that that idea of that they don't like and so they disengage with it but of course in school it's either you know PE or not moving there's no middle ground <laughs> um so uh, and likewise you know a lot of people think oh God, okay so I it's not aesthetically you know it's nice to look at some of those people in magazines and stuff that look all healthy and glowy and whatever, but oh, I can't be bothered or, you know, I haven't got time or whatever. But it's not about working out. It's not about going to the gym necessarily. It's not about Pilates. It's not about, it's just, I think, about movement. And so we're going to sort of talk around movement today, aren't we, Matt? Whilst we're we sat are. on these chairs. Yeah, it does a body good. That's <laughs> about. You're doing really well. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, yes, movement indeed. So, my question um, to you, yeah, lovely Dr. stuff, Matt. Mm. You're like a doctor of mm. movement, right? That's yeah. that's what they say. Um, so my my question to you is: Let's ignore the science for a second. <laughs> that's always a good <laughs> way to start. But go because, on. Well, let's deal with the real stuff just for a second, because we can talk around the science. And there's science; it probably isn't actually going to offer much more than people know at a kinesthetic level. Anyway, we can talk about endorphins and oxytocin and serotonin and alpha brainwaves when we talk about all of that stuff but let's park that for a second in your experience as a personal trainer what is the what's the kind of first step that you find is most difficult that people to to, to overcome when they think about um and obviously they're engaging with you in a slightly more structured format as in i have decided i want to lose weight get fit whatever their, their reason for engaging with you is but what do you find is the most common sort of hurdle first step that people find it most difficult to get over in order to actually start moving couple of different couple of main things that jump out one is harking back to that school memory of i didn't i had a negative experience of fitness sports and i have held on to that for 20 plus years and now i believe that fitness is something someone else does mm -hmm. and not me they're fighting an ingrained way of their brain keeping themselves because keeping them safe because often uh you're right they might have had a consistently awful time at PE more likely they had one or two bad times at PE and that's what sure. they remember and then the, obviously we try to keep ourselves safe and so if we know that oh well when I did that one time everyone laughed at me because of x reason we extrapolate that and it goes on well if I do walk into a gym everyone's going to again because it's and feel the same 11 year old me suffered that embarrassment then so there's a lot of uh hangover had memories about experiences of sport fitness things like that yeah. growing up and then then also 
the other, if people are okay, we're getting started, but there's the, I have to do this perfectly, otherwise it doesn't work mentality yes. of, I have to go in a hundred miles per hour, it's gonna hurt, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna like it, I'm gonna have to give up everything, I'm going to have to not see my friends, like I'm gonna have to be a different yes. person. And it's that, again, it's that binary of uh, not doing any fitness, 100% doing just fitness and it's all you do and helping people realize that actually that's not a that's not possible b uh baby steps little little movements little adjustments can make well compound and make really add up to make really lovely changes to make you feel better and yeah it's also i guess the other thing that's come to me is all of these and i've mentioned this before but like helping people broaden their spectrum of of how they're gonna notice that good stuff's happening maybe they sleep better the first night and that can be enough to help them realize oh yeah maybe this is something i can do yeah i think i think you're right often it's uh it's that usual thing that human beings just we complicate stuff so much all the time you know we it's almost like we can't let we can't make something simple okay it's got it surely it's got to be more complicated than this or i'm much more complicated than you i often find that when you speak to people it's almost like I've never actually seen it physically, although I would love to. But it's almost like metaphorically, they're back of their hands on their forehead and they say, I'm just so complicated. Like you just would, you won't be able to work me out. I'm just, I'm such a complicated person. Um, and you think, well, you're not really. I mean, you're just like a storybook, a children's storybook. You know, you're extremely simple to understand and work out and change. Um, <clears throat> that it's that overcomplication of trying to achieve the end goal. And do you think maybe also a bit of a, a lack of patience as well? That there's that a, a desire to almost, if you think, oh, if it's going to take ages, because we we know, for example, psychologically that you know if you've got an attainable goal and you know you can a- attain it, getting there is based on a sweet spot of both time and effort. So if you say, um, yeah. you know, you can achieve this goal, and um, yeah you haven't got very long to do it, like it's, I don't know, two days or something. Um, mm. It doesn't motivate you to want to do it because you know you can do it because it's so attainable, so you just don't bother. Um, whereas if, it, and if it's too um, too much of a great, significant, big goal, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's close by or whether you've got six months to do it, you probably won't do it because it feels like you could never achieve it. So, so the actual goal's got to be realistic, that kind of middle sweet spot. But also you've got to, the, the time that you're being given yourself to do it has to be a sweet spot as well, because otherwise you don't achieve it too short and you think, oh, I'll never be able to do it in that time or I could, so I won't bother. And too long and you think, oh, gosh, that sounds like forever, like eight mm. months. Oh, no, thanks. Um, mm. So I guess there's a bit of that involved in it, too, right? That, you know, whatever they want to try and achieve, if it's not if they can't see themselves achieving it in that time, then they lose the motivation to want to do it. Absolutely. And that's also sort of the paradox of goals where they're really useful to have. But at the same time, with my clients and my work, I actually encourage people to also learn to enjoy the journey as well, because then like it takes the pressure off the goals, because like I said, all the all the other things you can enjoy along the way. Um, And that what you said about um, the the time of it all. Yes, people go, oh, well, nothing's happened in three days, so I'm going to stop. But conversely, they've spent three years not doing anything. And so, of course, three years of inactivity isn't going to be rectified in three days. And it's not about that, but it's that whole... I, 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 there was a study, that, a really interesting study, that uh, proved it was 
people were, would rather lose... Oh, no, I'm going to sound silly because I can't remember it. It's about losing less is better than winning more. Yes, yes. Well, it's often, it's often done with money, isn't it? It's often, yes, it is. If, if I give you, you know, would you like £20 or £50 now or would you like, you know, £100 in a year's time or something like that? It's that whole kind of, it's the same thing that your brain has to do. It has to work out, oh, do I, yeah. am I going to be patient or impatient? Do I want mm. something quicker or shall I wait and get something better? Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and so... My other question around this, because I have my own thoughts on this as well, but I kind of figure, you know, with a, you know, a very long time ago, a patient once said to me, only do what you're good at, and it looks like you're good at everything you do, um, which is why I don't <laughs> dance. Um, oh! <laughs> uh, do you really not dance? No, I've got five left feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also... There are lots of things I don't do. Let's not go through those. There are many, but... Um, <laughs> because I'm not very good at them. Um, <laughs> surgery is another one. Um, well, major surgery. That's fine. Major right. surgery. Minor surgery I'm all right with, because um, it's basically just a nick, isn't it? Um, it's just a nick. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of air, and that'll, that'll repair um, in time. So um, <laughs> my point is that you are better placed, really, to answer some of this stuff around movement uh, from your perspective, but... What's the minimal amount of movement you reckon you could get away with? Because I look at my dog, and it's really interesting how... And same with cats, actually. Domestic animals, you can see, really readily do it. They do a lot of stretching, either like laid down, really, really stretch, or in the first morning they sort of stretch, and they stretch all their limbs out. And I actually, every morning... <laughs> this is a sight for you. I'm going to be vulnerable and open. Every single morning I get out of the shower... Oh, you know, there's a load of other stuff that goes on before that. But I get out of the shower and uh, I go into my uh, dressing room naked and I put my uh, under lingerie garments on. Um, and then my dog at that point normally wanders in and does a little play bow, like a stretch where they put their bum in their air and they really stretch their legs out. So I get down on my knees and do a like a big in front of him. And he does this cute thing where he puts his paws over my hands and then we kind of like touch faces and we have our kind of like our stretchy moment in the morning, which, you know, I remind myself every day is normal. It is, <laughs> it is appropriate. <laughs> and <laughs> millions of other people are doing this all over the world. So uh, the paired canine naked yoga <laughs> is absolutely normal. So perfectly reasonable. Just drawing a discreet veil over that for a moment. My point <laughs> is that... Animals stretch a lot. We don't, we actually are not very, considering how mobile and hypermobile we are as a species in terms of joints and muscles and the ability of our limbs, mm. over, I guess, quite a long period of time of more and more desk jobs as technology advances and we move less. If you think about hark back to ancestors, you know, in the winter, we hunkered down, ate lots, put on weight. Um, and and hibernated basically did the minimal amount of work that we needed to do because make hay while the sun shines was the literal you know longer days so everybody was lean and fit and healthy and working you know lots now yep. of course we can work lots 365 days a year 24 hours a day just from sitting down and not moving so i think we're probably a species that was built to move and be physically active that actually is mm. forcibly being stopped to move so 
I think that even simple little things like just a little stretch in the morning is going to help you start to feel the benefits of that movement. Um, because I genuinely, honestly believe that on the days that I forget to stretch with Moo, or if I'm in a, if I'm busy or if he's sleeping and doesn't come in, I gen that first kind of morning I do kind of feel a bit, oh, I'm not quite as, you know, ready and mobile. Would you agree with that? Or do you think um, I'm showing some sort of signs of psychological distress? <laughs> no, uh, but that you're, you're absolutely doing the right thing. Because if you think when we sleep, Okay, maybe not everyone, but we're inclined to hunch forward and close up into that fetal position. Sure. And then you spend eight hours in it. You certainly aren't. No one sleeps at full stretch unless they're. I don't know. Who would sleep at full stretch? Um, Batman upside a down. A subordinate, um, or <laughs> somebody on a rack. Yes, exactly. And most, thankfully, most of us aren't. So we end up in that fetal position. And actually, this is really interesting because that's what life does to us. We're born in the fetal position and we grow and we stand up tall. And through most of our life, we try to stay tall. But actually, life, as you get older, you see people returning bit by bit by bit to that fetal position, punched over. So actually, a great job is to strengthen your body to stay as upright as possible for as long as possible and like fight, fight the fetus. Oh, that's not, that's not the hashtag. You have got the but, lines today, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all, I almost think, you know, I'm going to say it. I think it's our job to stay as strong and upright as possible. Oh God, I've just done a directive, but it, yes. The, You'll be happier, you'll be stronger, you'll be fitter, you'll be healthier. And especially, this is when people overtrain their front of their body, so the mirror muscles. Because, you know, when you're in the gym, you can see your chest, you can see your shoulders, your arms. That's why people spend hours working them, because they can see them. Mr. Back, round the, the back, uh, <laughs> needs training just as much, even though he or she or they aren't as obvious. But the thing is, when people overtrain their front, you'll know this, a strong chest pulls shoulders forward and that naturally encourages yes. that fetal position yes. so a strong back balances and pulls the shoulders back again so actually training the back your posterior chain it's called your neck your back your bum your hamstring to keep you upright even more important than the mirror muscles and so let's just what i don't want to do is veer too much into the physique today because it's no, sorry, it sorry. Is, no, no, it's very much about, those are important things, but there are plenty of other podcasts that you can go listen to about, you know, bodybuilding yes. and, and weightlifting and all that kind of jazz. And and this is really about the the important bit that I don't think is spoken about enough. And it is about the moving your external frame in order to create a very positive impact on your internal frame. And, and, I, and I mean that kinesthetically. So, you know what by moving our body it makes our mind it reduces stress it reduces uh our blood pressure it reduces um the general fatigue and pressure on our organs it changes our biochemistry in our blood and our neurochemistry in our brain it has the most phenomenal um i mean the, the the sort of lazy equivalent is being around nature i suppose in terms of instantaneous mind benefits and well-being benefits and the slightly mm. more um, effort-led uh, is is moving but mm. so what's the minimal amount 
of moving that you reckon somebody should do every day? Or, or how could we build for our listeners in? Because I'm, and we'll get to the sexy kind of sciencey stuff in a second and hopefully make it not too boring. But um, I'd love kind of people to have an idea about how they can uh, readily and easily, like today, now, tomorrow, build some movement into their daily routine and see what I believe will probably be instantaneous benefits. So should we build a little plan for free, Matt, for them? Oh, I'd love that. Absolutely. Let's dial in our mortgage companies just to make sure they're happy with this. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I won't my again as well. this month because uh, I'm going to be giving away more free stuff. So, come on. What do you think they could do? Uh, first thing, so you wake up in the morning. Yep. What could you build into your routine? Uh, stretches while you clean your teeth? Uh, stretches while you clean your teeth is lovely. And then one thing when you mentioned about all the benefits, another benefit is improving your balance, uh-huh. which gets more important the older you get because you don't want to be 70 and having a fall because as strong and fit as you are, your bones will still be a bit more brittle and you'll yes. be more likely to hurt yourself. Yeah. So if you can improve your balance early on, that's a lovely gift to yourself. And then, then that's the sort of thing... You can't see it. You just have to trust that yes. it, it does improve. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So standing on one leg while brushing your teeth is lovely. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. How do you feel about that? So you could do, what, for, for just a few seconds? or Because like, you're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes. So yes. So you do a minute on one leg and a minute on the other, sort of flamingo style? I, I mean, I would say build up to that okay. because... The coordination, most people won't be ready for, and I don't mean that in a rude way, it's just a baby steps approach. Try literally five seconds one leg, rest five seconds the other, and build from there. And then go back and forth. But that, obviously, it switches on you. Like, doing something like that switches on parts of the brain that won't be awake early in the morning. So you might be careful, because bathrooms are renowned for having hard, slippery surfaces. Um, (laughs) Don't do it in the shower. So something small like that. So some, some nice stretches... Some, which could be, like you said, like downward dog or um, child's pose. So kneeling, drop your head, arms forward, get your bum down as low as is comfortable. Um, and just sit into that. That's a really good spine lengthener, mm-hmm. elongator. Um, and if you can't get down to the ground, not a problem. Put your hands at on like a countertop about waist height. Walk back and just slowly drop your head and then keep your hands in place. And that again, just slowly put some nice movement through the spine. So yeah. that's lovely. Another one is just get outside so, wait, for five wait, wait, minutes. Wait, 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 wait. So oh. you could do that while you're waiting for your tea or coffee kettle to boil. Love that. And, I mean, as well as that, even some semblance of resistance training, i.e. moving your body in more than just, say, more than just going for a, work, a, a walk, but, like, when the kettle's boiling, you could do five squats, for example. Yeah. Literally bending your knees a little bit, yeah. not even very deep. And standing back up and squeeze your bum when you stand up. And That's, a practical so get the way most from it. to get that into your routine would be to perhaps move some of your cupboards around. So if you've got cupboards like coffee cups or stuff, generally, generally tend to be at head height, right? Because we are naturally lazy. You have to, <laughs> what we are, like as human beings, we are lazy people um, as a yep. species. Because laziness, there's a fine line between efficiency and laziness, right? Um, and, and human beings generally tend to adopt the sort of lazy bit. So coffee cups and stuff tend to be head height. So you could, if you've got lower cupboards, you could do that. And that gets one squat in to get your Very coffee nice. mug and back up again. So sometimes it's just thinking about not adding to your routine. Because I think that's the big resistance for people when it comes to mm. new stuff is that oh, I haven't got time for it. Or we're creatures of habit. So, you know, I do me. I know me. 
I know how I like my pens and how I like my watch collection and I know, you know, the, you know, I know where I want my sugar and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, I don't want somebody coming into my house and Marie Kondoing the shit out of everywhere I put my stuff. I read somewhere recently she wants us only to have 10 or 30 books or something. A woman is, I mean, there's nothing, how has somebody she got needs to be stopped. that famous? She's... I mean, I don't, don't... Why haven't Waterstones come up with, like, a massive campaign to silence her? <laughs> it's... It's... it's un, I mean, I don't think this is unnecessary. Um, no, it's beautiful. I love a bulging bookshelf. That didn't mean... <laughs> sorry, that did cook a turn there. I generally didn't mean it to. I love a weighty... Oh, Begoning. I like books. Burgeoning. I like these books and I cannot lie. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and they're well-thumbed. So I... <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't want that, right? I, you know, we all no. have that where we know, we know our space. And I think if you, whenever you've, you're either in the right headspace to say, I need to change my life, or I am ready to change my life, or I'm going to change my routines, or mm. you're listening to something like this and you go, that's a good idea. I can kind of see it, but I'm not going to do five squats just randomly in the day. So just thinking about how you could encourage your body to do those things is uh, similar things like milk. Put the milk on the bottom shelf of the fridge instead of the top one or in the door, because then and don't yep. bend down, squat to get the milk. And um, sorry, Matt. So yes, ca carry on. No, so, love it. So we've done stretch. We've done standing on one leg for a little bit, um, or even on tiptoes. Maybe you know the tiptoe yep. thing while you're heel doing raises. Your... Yeah, heel raises. Uh, that's what the professionals call it. The rest of us call it tiptoes. <laughs> Because um, <laughs> if you're wanting to sound really intelligent and academic, sometimes you need to change the words around. Uh, so, uh, like when, what's her name? What's the lady that has sex with Noki and Pasta? Um, what? You know, you know the lady that sort of gets a bit sensual around a boiled egg. What's her name? Oh, Nigella That's Lawson. That's it, her. And I'm sorry, sorry. For, for the purposes of not being sassooed, she doesn't have sex with pasta. Oh, okay. But, well, I mean, it's suggested. Um, but my point is that I'm reading this script that you wrote. Um, so I... <laughs> <laughs> that is slander. That's me out. So <laughs> I'll bring you grapes. But she, she did that thing with microwave, didn't she? Where she said, oh, I, sometimes I use my microwave. And I thought, you've only done that just to make yourself sound a bit more... Doesn't of... everyone use funny words sometimes? No. Not I, I, I call hummus house mouse. You what? Like, I call hummus house mouse. And I have a whole... Why? Second vocab. Because it's funny. You either get that or you don't. You either get that it's funny or you don't. And I... Exactly. I can't... Like, but that's the beauty of, like, the discrepancy of, of humans. Like, you're not, not everyone's going to find everything funny, and that's fine. But we have laughed along enough, enough about other things. I've really lost you at so, house mouse, haven't I? <laughs> I mean, it's almost like saying, oh, I don't, I don't call it milk. And you think, oh, what is it? Is it going to be milk or milke? <laughs> no, no, I call it brick. Oh, right, yeah, because there's, I suppose, one letter that's similar. In the... um, so, house mouse. Okay, so so moving on sort of quickly, I think. Um, the So, so there are, can't only, I don't even know where we've gone. 
this is my fault. Why do you let me do it? You're supposed to... You could have stopped this ages ago. <laughs> now look where we are. So, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> you're sick is what you are. Um, so, <laughs> so part of the routine. So we've got stretchy, stretchy, heel, toe raises, heel yep. raises, tippy toe things. And then we've got yes. some stretches, <clears throat> which you are going to put effort Hands in. Hands on the counter. You could do it yep. in bed, I suppose. In fact, you don't have to get off, off a bed, do you? You could literally just do the stretch where just see how tall you can get your, just do a big kind of stretch in bed, I suppose, or on the counter or on the floor, whatever. Squats, see if you can rearrange your cupboards a little bit. I mean, that's already yep. three different things. And we've not even got out the front door, got anywhere near, potentially not even got dressed. We've done very well there. Um, so what, let's talk a little bit more about more, um, I don't know quite how to describe it. I was going to say more active movement, but those are active movements. But like going for a walk, like more longevious, <laughs> lengthened, <laughs> continual, there, more continual sure. movement. Um, what's another simple one that they could do? I mean, the obvious are, you know, could you walk? Could you cycle instead of going to the car or, or, or whatever? Those are yeah. obvious. But um, what are some other ones? For people to be able to get started with it, there isn't a huge amount beyond that. But I think what can be powerful is helping people see the other points and the other benefits from doing things like that. So getting out early for a walk, even five minutes around the block, is brilliant for your sleep patterns because getting sunshine and sunlight in your face yes. early on in the day resets your circadian rhythm so your body knows, okay, this is awake time, now I am awake. And then as you go through the day, the sleep pressure in your head builds and you get more and more tired. And obviously, so the idea is not to have loads of bright light and i.e. that's why we say turn off your phones an hour at least before bed. Sure. So you're not flooded with blue light and bright light sure. to stimulate you. But the thing about a walk as well, different perspective. Who knows who you'll bump into? Who knows what you'll see or find? Yes. It can be, that can be a sort of form of meditation for people. So I'd almost say don't take music or, well, maybe take this podcast, but don't take any other podcasts yeah. or have nothing at all. Yeah. Because... When you switch off, that's when you have ideas. Like that's why people say in the shower, "Oh, I was just because you're focused on literally one thing, showering, and yep. your brain is free to come up with stuff." Well, the, of course, the other thing is um, you could set yourself a target, like, and it could be really because no one's going to know, right? If it's in your head, I always think that's one of the it's it's the first, last, and greatest freedom that we have as a species, as humans, is our imagination, our, our everything inside our head. You can take away so many things from me but you can't take away what goes on inside my brain you can't take away yep. my thoughts and my inner feelings and my imagination and my um broadly you could say well, i'm going to go and count birds or i'm going to go on a 10 minute walk and count how many trees or or just something to you know go off and yep. do something but the other thing i was going to suggest was that you set an alarm every hour in the day um, because I know I don't have one, but a lot of people have these fitness watch things that it bleeps at you if you haven't moved enough, right? Oh, if you got one. Yes. But you just sort of yes. wiggle your arm and you're fine and shut it up. Um, but you could <laughs> set your alarm. Um, and what I do is whenever I set an alarm, I set, I put the thing that has the alarm away from me. And you could do that with your phone. Don't put your phone on your desk next to you when you're working. Put it at the other side of your office or the other side of the room so that if it rings or if somebody texts or if the alarm goes off, you've got to physically get up and go and get it. And that may only yeah. be five steps, but those five steps multiplied out throughout the day are an extra, I don't know, 25, 50, 100 or more steps that you didn't do yeah. if it was right next to you on the desk. So I think it's simple wins, right? So... Have you got anything you want to add on that? Or can I was going to suggest that maybe we moved on to the feeling bit. 
No, that absolutely. I have uh, just one other thing with that is that also it's a squat up and down from the chair and a lovely thing. I wouldn't do this like on the hour every hour, but what you could do is set a reminder in your phone, maybe up to three times a day of a lovely phrase or something you find inspiring or something to remind you who you are. So when you your phone goes off in the other room on at, I don't know, 9.15, 2.15 and 7.15 p.m., you see this lo lovely phrase, which could be something like, you're a talented, kind and generous person. And that reinforcement can really start to stick and just help people feel better. Sure. Whatever it is they want to understand or feel better about themselves. Yeah, I think there's a really interesting point around doing something to make yourself feel better. I think we rely, mm. understandably, but unfortunately, far too much on other people validating us and other people making us feel better. Um, social yeah. media does that for us. It has taught us that other people by multiplication of likes or comments or reactions, um, endorse something we've said, felt, you know, put out there. Yeah. Uh, and yet, actually, you're absolutely right. Standing in front of a mirror and saying you are loved, you are strong, you are uh, valuable, you have a voice of value and purpose, those sorts mm. of sort of, I mean, they're called self-affirmation, which I all think sounds a bit self-helpy and a bit woo-woo-y, and that's an area that I'm not comfortable with at all. Um, uh, for a number of different reasons. Um, however, I do know and believe that uh, and endorse the idea of self-reinforcement, self-validation, self-encouragement. So, um, yeah, that's a lovely idea, that one, Matt. Um, what about if I set you the challenge to do it and set it three times a day and you don't have to come up with it now, but something you would like to... Because we all have things we'd like to be a bit more confident with or believe in ourselves sure. that bit more. I would say Should I'm, we both do it? I'm very busy, Matt. I probably haven't got time for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why Twi don't we? I tell you what. Twice a day then. Here's the vulnerability. I'm going to write this down because I'll forget genuinely because by the time I've edited this and stuff, it'll be, where is my pen, Matt? Um, it's, it's, oh, it's all the way over there. Oh, <laughs> if I'd have put it here, I wouldn't have to get up. Give me a minute. I've got to stand up and go <laughs> and get this. Of course, it's very active, isn't it? Um, I've got asthma. Knackered now. Right, so I'm going to write it down. Um, what, what are we going to call them? Uh, so like alarm affirmations, because they're on our phone. Uh, but equally, like this shouldn't be. It shouldn't. An extra alarm on your phone in this instance is designed to help you. If if you feel like this is giving you more stress, then that is completely the opposite, and so don't do it. But yeah, alarm affirmations. Right, AA. So we're doing it, and. To launch the formal actual series, like series one, uh, we can, would you be comfortable with sharing them? Would you be comfortable being that vulnerable? With what, with what mine are? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right, and I'll do the same, because I think I've got a couple that are probably quite vulnerable, and maybe we can ask questions around them each other so that we can sort of explore those areas that we perhaps lack a bit of self-confidence or, or whatever in, which may help other people. Um, great. Very much so. Let's do it. I can't wait. Um, do I have to go and buy a load of natural yogurt now? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> what? One of the, to squat over for one of the. It doesn't matter. I'll explain next series. Um, so, um, <laughs> my uh, so let's talk about how movement makes you feel, Matt. <laughs> um, but Rubbish, also, food, less. <laughs> <laughs> but also, why? This is the thing. Uh, you know, somebody got in touch with us and said, you know, 
Um, I've suffered with depression and some mental health issues. Oh, can we just, that's another thing, right? Mental health, this thing really irritates me. There's a couple of things that really irritate me at the minute. So one of them is the new normal. Like I don't like this new normal thing. This is utter nonsense. There is no new right. normal, right? Normal is normal. And what your normal is different to my normal. No two sunsets or sunrises are the same. This whole idea that there's going to be a new normal is nonsense. We'll talk about that another time if we've got time and if we want to. Um, but the other thing that I'm finding really irritating is, is references to mental health. Everybody's human and everybody's got a mind. Everybody has mental health. There is no, like mental health is just a thing. That's like body health, bookshelf health. It's a thing. Um, really, we should be talking more about emotional well-being, which is how we think and how we feel, that we have specific control over. Uh, emotional well-being, you can at least decide how you want to feel, even if you don't feel it right now. Um, the idea of mental health has become, even young people in school are beginning to use it like as a crutch, perhaps a physical crutch, an emotional crutch, an excuse. Um, and also I'm seeing it used uh, in a way that sort of excuses lack of behaviour or engagement in something. Um, or they've got mental health issues or um, it's got some mental health problems or you think, well, that doesn't, you, you can't self-diagnose just being human, right? You know, nobody is positive mm. and happy all the time. So mm. um, so this person uh, got in touch with us and said, you know, I've had various different bouts of knockbacks and emotional challenges throughout my life. And I read it and I thought, I'm not devaluing that, but probably everybody's had that to varying degrees throughout their life. That's normal and that's okay. And their question was, so that's why I said, well, that will be applicable to everybody because, you know, you don't have to have written to me to say I've been diagnosed with having depression or whatever. Just basically saying I'm a human and I'm going to be vulnerable enough to say sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not good. Mm. Um, I'm feeling that actually and acknowledging that you feel the good with the bad is really a positive thing. It infuriates me that we seem to be in a generation where we're being encouraged to be positive all the time. Everything has to be about positivity and happiness and, and not just feeling, not just saying, actually, I feel rubbish today and that's OK. Um, engagement with your true self. And they were saying that what they found is that movement, so going for runs or working out or whatever, has really helped their mental health uh, and their emotional well-being. So here's my big loaded question to you, Matt Boyles, Doctor of Movement. <laughs> Not actually a doctor. Should probably keep dropping that in, or Rude. I should just stop saying it. Um, <laughs> why is that? Why is it that moving, um, whether that be yoga, Pilates, rolling around on the floor, running around with your grandkids, going for a walk, going for a cycle, stretching, working out, whatever your definition of movement is, and it could be gentle, it could be literally just gentle stretches or slow yoga on your own doesn't have to be, you know, right, I must go buy all of this equipment and a sports bottle and a subscription to bulk. Why is it that movement help makes us feel better about ourselves and, and, and changes has a positive effect on our on our emotional well-being? Well, we said we'd park the side. So aside from endorphin mood lifting moments, for me, I think it's it reminds people they have the power. They do have however crappy they're feeling. They have the power to do something. And if you can do something, you can do something more when you're ready, yes. when you're able. Yes. 
equally, I know people can be completely poleaxed by depression and can't get out of bed. And like I saw, I can't remember who it was, a tweet by someone vaguely famous saying, <laughs> I said vaguely famous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I am um, famous off the very vaguely end of that spectrum, though. I, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, more famous than Jez, who, um, who said something along the lines of, oh, well, you know, you can be depressed, but if you're not exercising, then you're not helping yourself. And everyone, and everyone replied underneath like, oh, gee, thanks. I hadn't thought of doing that. Thanks for your input, you idiot. Yeah. And Because it, it was so ham-fisted. Sure. I think at, at its core, there was a, a kernel of positivity, but it, the way it was described was so clangy. Um, of course, everyone knows, well, 99.9% .9 of people know that some movement will help them in some sure. way, but it's that inertia of being able to start it that is the biggest hurdle for so many people at the moment which is so sad yeah it is sad. Uh, i mean we, we said we would part the science for back then but at some point i'd imagine it's going to be useful it's what i call accessible science like if you want to know the deep dirty science then either engage with us outside of this or look it up if you want it but i, I always <laughs> well no i don't mean that in a flippant way sincerely because i've always been of the opinion so when i was first studying um, a professor uh, I was working, one of my mentors said to me, uh, with relevance to um, medicine, um, people, uh, patients don't, uh, or people, patients, well, I'm paraphrasing, people don't care how much you know, but they need to know how much you care. And I, I don't need to show off how much I know. Like, I don't have any need to prove, like, some intelligence superior to somebody else that's not so i don't care for that what i do care mm. for is that what i say is going to be useful or accessible so i don't think high level deep techno um, uh, technical science and research is going to be of use to most people who don't care for that level so yeah your brain has um you probably remember a hypothalamus from when you were at school and you probably remember a pituitary gland from when you were at school um, and those two things in your brain, little sort of squidgy areas, round areas, produce endorphins. Um, endorphins are often known to be called the happy chemicals, happy so neurotransmitters, things that flood your brain, make you feel good. And whenever you do a bit more exercise, whenever you move more, whenever you increase your heart rate a little bit, and it's relevant to the amount, to both the, uh, how fast your heart beats to an extent, and also for how long it's beating a bit quicker. So if you go for a tiny little run for sort of like, I don't know, 30 seconds, you'll get a little bit of a flurry of endorphins. And if you go for sort of a 10K, you'll get this big rush of endorphins, which is why often when people go for a run, they instantly feel better. They come back on this massive high. But it is that flood of neurochemicals, right? This literal chemistry. It's like inside yep. your brain, someone's got a bucket of magic water and they're splashing it around inside and it feels amazing. And, and that is caused by... Um, that sort of natural energizing is, is caused by movement. So mm. anything that makes you move, but if you can move a bit more, so when you're used to it, don't do it straight away. It's just what you were saying before, Matt, which is, you know, don't feel like, oh, I've got to change my life and I need to go for a 10K run. Um, mm. Have you ever done that uh, couch to 5K thing? No, and I, what I'm going to say next will make me sound like a smug git, but I don't need to. No, of course you don't. But I, 
I've run a lot. Sure, but the point... But, but lots of clients have and loved it. Yeah, and me too. So my assistant done, did it as well, and she thought it was incredible. She'd never run sort of properly like that in her life, and she said it was incredible, just gradually, gradually, gradually. And that's what... I mean, there's nothing new in that. It's just a, a sort of a, a gimmick of a program to say, start doing something a tiny bit and just gently keep doing it a little bit more, and you'll get there, right? It's like languages. You don't go into a French class and go, okay... I need to speak French tomorrow, you know. Um, <laughs> you go for day one and gradually, gradually, gradually get better and better, right? Yeah. Uh, and how is your pen pal in La Rochelle? Keep in touch. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Yeah, très bien. Um, so, <laughs> that's as far as it's going to go. I don't... Not very good. I once went to... I once wanted to show off. Um, you? Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> Take that. I once <laughs> wanted to show off my French in, oh, sorry. in Paris and I went up to a police officer. I had this piece of rubbish and I, I said... I can't watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I said, où est la poubelle, right? Which I believe Where? is where is the bin? And three male police officers like with guns went, huh? I said, uh, où est la poubelle? And they were like... Uh, kind of like chatting to each other they had no idea what I was saying so I was like okay Jez back out ask a different question and I knew we had to meet at the Pont Neuf bridge so I said oh okay uh, où est le Pont Neuf right right where is the nine point ninth bridge I don't know yeah uh, and they didn't know what that meant either so I thought okay so either my oh. accent is absolutely terrible or they're just being a little bit arrogant maybe so that's how maybe. good my French is Matt <laughs> Or you weren't in, you were in Leatherhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got off the, the channel too early. You got off the channel tunnel too early. <laughs> Wandering around Calais. Or thought I was in no, Calais. No, that would work. Turned out I was in Dover. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of people have also heard about serotonin uh, and less so oxytocin, but lots of people have heard of serotonin, which is often known as the happy chemical and happy chemicals make us feel better they they literally i mean that's why you know if you classically i have to be very careful what we start talking about now but classically often with serotonin you hear that people you know if they've got depression they've got low levels of serotonin so what happens is you take something called an ssri or an antidepressant which allegedly boosts your um uh, your serotonin levels um we now know right. that data to be woefully out of um data not at all like uh, the research and um, tells us that what is actually happening um and and serotonin antidepressants are effective in like or ineffective in more than 80 percent of people taking them so wow i had no idea it's a placebo effect in in the majority of people it's a big um there's a great book called lost connections by johan hari which sort of explains it very well there are others as well but but anyway that's not for today my point being is that, that serotonin is a happy chemical it does make us feel better and one of the ways to release serotonin to promote the release of serotonin um is through movement because the increase in heart rate increases the risk of adrenaline and also norepinephrine and i think those are really nice things to be able to easily do but because it's so simple our challenge as humans is to just do it isn't it because very often when it's too easy we just think oh yeah but that can't be right that sounds a bit magical <laughs> yeah um, and people are scared that it's that easy because they've put it off for so long Sure. And embarrassed that it's that easy and they put it off for so long. So they so they delay putting delay doing it even more because they don't want to face that it's not real the embarrassment, but that whole hang on, I just need to move more and 
I'll feel better. Sure. I wonder whether we should challenge. So if we're taking on a challenge, right, which is that we're going to say something about ourselves that we need to reassure ourselves about. And we're going to yeah. share those in the next series. And I wonder whether we should encourage other people to just pick like one thing that they're going to do to move more. Just one way of adding an extra. It'd be nice to have three, I suppose, or three times a day maybe to do something, even if it's just standing up and walking around your office. Because yep. if it's easy to achieve, you'll very quickly, easily do more. Um, mm. If I say you should go for 5k once a week, probably hardly anyone's going to do that. Whereas, yes. Do you think that's a good idea? Absolutely. Like even on Zoom meetings, you can turn your camera off and do 10 squats. Um, and again, it's that. Is it? Is that really beneficial? Yeah, because anything good you do for yourself is something good you've done for yourself. Yeah. So I think that's a lovely idea. And I, I'd even say once a day to start, sure. because again, three times a day, like, oh, I've got to remember three times, but scheduling one thing in might be just a nice way to move just that little bit more. Maybe have a little think back to the time when you've done that yourself um, so that you can get that recollection. So, you know, I can remember only very recently uh, a week where I was so tired work's been very busy and demanding recently and I was just physically very weak and not weak but just physically very tired mm. and I was I intended to do some movement in the morning kind of a workout and some stretches and I didn't uh, and then sort of by the afternoon I was feeling really sluggish and I thought I should have worked out this morning you know it could have kind of got me going so I thought I'll, I'll force myself to do it later and it got to sort of half four five and I thought I really can't be bothered but I'm going to force myself to do it and I spent an hour working out just gently and I felt amazing after it. Like I just, you could immediately, I just thought, hey, I feel better because I'm not beating myself up, right, about the fact that I didn't yeah. do it. So there's a sense of incredible achievement. Um, and of course, it's, it's addictive. And secondly, of course, the impact of my body of moving and increasing my heart rate. And so I guess have a little think about a time in your life when as a result of doing some movement, you felt really good about it. You think, oh, there was that time that I really didn't want to go and play football as part of that like charity football team, but afterwards actually felt quite good. Like I wasn't really bothered about the football, but the running around like, made me feel quite good or something. Or yeah, yeah. What's your favourite movement, Matt? <laughs> um, Steady now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh wow, on the spot. Um, you uh, I, do you know what I do? I do have a boring personal trainer answer, and it's uh, the deadlift. Oh, because that is a very boring thing. Can you explain uh, what that sorry. is to people who don't know? Do you want me to say bowel instead? Would that please you more? Oh, Matt. Sorry, from no. one extreme to the other. No. Um, <laughs> can you explain to people what a deadlift is if they don't know what it is? Yes, it's picking something up off the floor safely and putting it back down again. And it's brilliant precisely for throwback to earlier in the episode when I talked about strengthening your posterior chain, because that's precisely what you use to do it. So it can be with a bottle of water on the floor and also knowing how to use your back and core and pick things up safely, whether it is a bottle or whether it's a filing cabinet, is another way to future proof yourself for the rest of your life so you can lift things safely without hurting yourself, because you will have to lift things at some point. Um, and it's essentially, you bend your knees a little bit, you hinge at the waist, and that's what releases and softens your back, your hamstrings, your bum, and then you grab the whatever it is. Filing cabinet. You, 
filing cabinet, you have to tense and tighten up your, your lats, your latissimus dorsi, your core, and then all of your posterior chain to stand with it back up and then keeping everything tight, you lower yourself, you hinge at the waist, bend your knees and lower it back down. And it just is the most satisfying. It's not something I ever give to people, to, to online clients, uh, if they're A, if they've never been in a gym, B, if they're starting out, because you have to get it right, otherwise you can hurt yourself because it's so, there are so many moving parts to it, but it's, it's really fulfilling. Love it. Matt, I think it's time for Book of the Month. <gasps> Book of the Month! Book of the Month! I think we've just, just spoken try... about that. Let's <laughs> try and get out again. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, um, oh. Well, I did that out. You go you... first. <laughs> it's been going through my mind for the last hour. I think... <laughs> I'll edit that out. Uh, we've... <laughs> um, uh, I think we should probably have a little vote Seeing as that we're coming back for a main uh, royal romp of a series, perhaps um, people should vote as to whether or not we have a book of the month jingle. Oh, and uh, not not the feature, the jingle. Yeah, and whether or not you should sing it, because it's 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 more than a touch of the. Um, oh, who was that guy? Who was that actor that always used to be in stuff and sing the theme tune as well? Dennis Waterman. That's it, yeah. <laughs> a touch of the Dennis Waterman about it, right? <laughs> um, so, fine. I would like to hear from our listeners. Do we, uh, should we have a jingle for Book of the Month? And secondly, should Matt sing it? I wish I'd not asked this question because I think I probably can <laughs> predict where this is going to go. But anyway. Give, give the people what they want, Jess. <laughs> I could back you up on a kazoo. Don't read into that. Oh, it is literal. I'd like, oh. <laughs> You've gone red again. Um, I'd right. say I'd need to sit down, but I already am. <laughs> uh, what is your book of the month, please, Matt? Fine, I will go first. So, uh, it's... I think it's my favourite book of all time. Oh. It's certainly by my favourite author of all time. So, uh, David Mitchell. What, no, the... not that oh. one. <laughs> not the floppy haired uh tv oxbridge personality yes um although love his wife victoria corin mitchell obviously um it's called cloud atlas and cloud atlas cloud atlas and it's fiction unlike the previous ones we talked about or i talked about and it is so it was the most it still i think is the most inventively structured no come back book i've ever read <laughs> Um, because it's six stories and they go forward in time. But as opposed to just having story one in the 1750s, story two, 1920s, story three, uh, 1960s, and so on, you get the first half of the first six stories going forward in time. And then the sixth story, you get all of it. And then you get the second half of story five, story four, Ooh. story three, story two, story one. But I know that sounds really sooty and like clever for the point of being clever, but it isn't because... The, the the beauty of the themes and the people and the reoccurring uh, like storylines, the way they're threaded through are so beautiful and it's so much about the human condition and the power of, of, of humans doing wonderful things and doing terrible things because it goes from like 1750s on a boat in South Pacific to I think something like 20... 350 and there's been an apocalypse and people are literally living in tribes again and it's oh god i'm getting goosebumps because it's so wonderful wow. um 
Oh, can I just uh, just actual? Can you oh, see the yes, bumps I of can. the goose? I could, I could see them. Yeah. Uh, you want to shut that window? <laughs> <laughs> Was made into actually an amazing film um, with an incredible cast, and the film doesn't cut, doesn't do it in that order. It sort of jump cuts all over the place, but it still works. But the book is he he writes incredibly, and he's written what he and another amazing reason why I love him. I read all of his books. What happens now, he's said each book is a chapter in his Uber book. So characters from Cloud Atlas pop up in Slade House or in his other books. And it's just the 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 forethought and the way he Oh god, it, I just I can't tell you how much I love this man and his books. And if you haven't read anything, you won't have read anything like this book, because nothing exists like it. Oh sorry, I'll have a I, think, I, think, I need a Xanax and a shower. I think Matt's having a moment, listeners, and we probably <laughs> should just avert our ears until he's done. Um, oh, I just adore... I, re I reread his books because they're so dense and you miss things the first time. <laughs> so I have a question. What... Um, can't believe I'm encouraging this. What is it about it that... You, you really like how could you summarize just in a like a few words or um god help us only a few um or you know <laughs> like, i mean in like specific words or just what what does it do to you reading it because like why is it that it's such a i mean it sounds like a very interesting very technically clever way of writing a book um yes uh, but what why does it resonate with you is it because it's a bit sci-fi and you like sci-fi and you geek out on it or is it about the characters or what what, what does it do you care about the characters instantly. He, the way he writes, it, it, it's super funny. So it isn't just this Sudi, I'm really clever book. It's funny. It's engaging. I sobbed at parts. It's just, it's just a, an amazing, it's an amazing feat of human creation. And it's a brilliant story as well. And it will, bits of it will absolutely resonate with everyone because there's lost loves, there's found loves. There's all these different things that are so universal and it's, I can't recommend it highly enough. I know I can hear. I mean, it's clearly at an impact. <laughs> I mean, if you're really if you're has. listening to this and not watching it on YouTube, Matt's removed almost all of his clothing <laughs> during that description. I mean, he we've got and most of his hair got very animated. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen. I've, my book of the month. Thank you, Matt. I like that. It is absolutely Thanks. by the sounds of it wouldn't at all be the book I would ever go and choose to like. If I saw it or read it, I'd be like, oh, that's not really my thing. I have to say, I. I'm not entirely sure I even have a fiction book on my shelf. Um, oh. Like, I'm really not fiction boy at all. Like, I am not... Uh, maybe I have. Maybe one of the old ones. I used to... I collect old books if they've got nice spines. So uh, some of those will be... Fiction. Another reference to strengthening your back. Right. <laughs> it's very cleverly written, this script. I mean, it sounds like it's just us kind of, you know... Chewing the fat, but um, that's why they're once a month. There's a lot of work that goes into developing a script this clever. Um, <laughs> podcast award, you say? Booker Prize? Well, oh, Pulitzer uh, who? Um, so, Jez? Yes, darling. What's your book of the month, please? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> well, my, talking of Booker Prizes, my book of the month uh, hasn't won the Booker Prize, but um, is Glennon Doyle's Untamed. Have you read it? I have not. So, I haven't heard of it. I didn't know who Glennon Doyle was. Turns out she's quite a big deal. <laughs> Even before 1.7 million followers on uh, Instagram and Twitter and whatever, Oprah Winfrey's endorsed her book. She's sort of best buddies with Reese Witherspoon, who actively comments on her Instagram pages and... Uh, 
somebody else who was mega super famous saying this is like an amazing but the best book I've ever read. I was like, oh. So not wanting to be left out. Um, I... <laughs> Um, so it was gifted to me they said I think you're really going to like this book and I sort of looked at it and thought that is not the sort of book I would normally pick up or read it is the most vulnerably honest book it's authentically honest it's quite complex in its honesty it's sort of a memoir I guess but it's this idea of her getting to a point in her life where secretly she always knew that something wasn't quite right with the way that her life was going or who she was, the decisions she'd made, that kind of stuff. Uh, but she figured, but that's what the world does, right? That's, you know, you kind of, you get married, you have kids, mm. you get a good career, you choose a religion. It was like tick, 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 tick for the sort of imaginary list of the things that we get funneled into as a species. Um, societal norms, societal pressures, but you don't think of them like that. You're just like, oh, okay, yeah, this is what everyone's doing. We all, we're doing that. We do, this is, okay, this is the thing we do. Um, and there was a moment, a very pivotal moment, I'm not going to give anything away, where she suddenly realises, hang on a minute, this isn't true. This isn't me. Like, inside, there is something I can feel. I can't connect with it, but there's something I can feel that is resisting this. And it's about her journey of sort of getting into herself and realising that she is somebody completely different. She's made these decisions and choices because they were sort of enforced on her in a way or that they were easy to right. make. And it's written in a style that's very accessible. Some of the chapters are one page. Uh, it's a bit like a sort of diary entry thing. So there's a very clear right. narrative and curve, golden thread throughout the book, but it's almost, it's almost like she says, so you know this is the trajectory we're going on, but you need to know this. Oh, and by the way, you'll also need to know this. Oh, and then this happened, and that's, that's going to be quite useful later on in the book, and then this happened. And it's not, it's not frenetic, because um, you keep up with it. It's written in a beautiful way. Hmm. But I think it's probably... I've not finished it yet. I would go as far as saying, I think it's important reading for almost everyone... Um, about being you and realising, getting closer, if you are not already, to who mm. you really are, or at least knowing that you are. I'm not saying we're all lost, and I'm not saying that uh, we need to go soul-searching or anything like that, but it's about understanding why you are who you are and the decisions mm. you've made, and that probably is already beginning to sound a little bit oppressive and... Uh, and sound a bit like uh, she describes she falls in love in this book and, and and the falling in love is quite a pivotal thing for her for the whole book and realizing that the person that she's with is fundamentally wrong in every single way even though she told herself that that person was you know that's, that's the right thing at the right time and she finds this right. other person and realizes hang on a minute mm. this other person is perfect like it's like a puzzle piece that instead of sort of being wedged in a bit and the colours not quite being right but near enough, just sort of slots into place and everything completes her life. And it's that moment that she realises, hang on, so if that's happened with love, what does that mean for the other puzzle pieces? What have I just wedged in that aren't right. the right... It's, um, it's amazing. It's called Untamed by a lady called Glennon Doyle. She's written some other stuff. She's award-winning... Um, I can absolutely understand why so many people are lauding her and thinking she's incredible. She is 
and again, it's so open and honest. Like she doesn't hold back about mm. anything. She talks about making some terrible choices as a human being and being an alcoholic and pregnant very young and um, yeah. Is it fiction or is it is it an no, autobiography? No, God, it's not, no, it's not fiction. It's non-fiction. I don't do fiction. We just had this conversation. Where oh, have you been? I thought, I thought it might have slipped through. It sound, well, the way you described it sounded. Why don't you listen? Stop being aggressive. You always to the end. You get really aggressive. About... <laughs> it's because I haven't eaten. Stop for an hour shouting and a half. at me. <laughs> <laughs> I had a double egg and cress sandwich before we started, and I have to say, oh, I know. Well, I only bought the cress because Mum happened to mention egg and cress sandwiches, and I thought, oh, hello, come back nineteen ninety five. That sounds nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did. I had one, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Amazing. I'm surprised you didn't grow it on damp kitchen roll on your windowsill. It's exactly where it is. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Absolutely. I'm going to take a photo and text it to you in a minute. Yeah, it's exactly where it is. <laughs> Everyone did that. I love that. I know, or in an egg cup, and then you could trim his hair. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. <sighs> Gen Z won't be doing that on TikTok. <laughs> Who? Quite. So listen, Matt, I've really enjoyed this. I'm really pleased that we can do it again. Me too. We're going to go away and have a little natter about coming back with a vengeance. 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 Um, Calm down, Nigella. That's actual Italian, that. That is actual Italian. <laughs> and we're going to, I think the next series is going to look at different themes every single um uh, podcast and we'll take on your um, ideas so we're gonna take a little hiatus for a couple of weeks probably and in that time it'll be really good to hear from you so please drop matt a uh, message on his instagram or his twitter and his handle is fitter you global uh, or you can have a little chat with me on my instagram or twitter at that jez rose one z in the jez um that's it. That's the rest of fine. Um, don't, yeah. I think it's fairly self-explanatory. That and Rose are obvious. Um, uh, and tell us what you'd like to hear, what you liked particularly from the last three episodes, and we'll see if we can uh, incorporate those. Uh, and any themes that you'd like us to explore about what it means to be human and how we can explore the idea of navigating this cakewalk of humanity um, that we have. Uh, uh, talking of which, have you heard there is a listener called Matt? He eats a lot of bread and drinks a lot of beer. Uh, and you know him. And he is a new client of yours um, who happens to have... I happen to know him as well. It's okay, you've got thousands of them, doesn't worry. We're, we're all just a number. Um, <laughs> and How dare you? Matt suggested... He sent me a piece of music, which, because I'm not very good at being cool or trendy, it's by an artist called Marina who you are going to know, right, straight away? Uh, she's only one of my top three artists of all time. I know everything and I love all of her songs ever. Okay, okay. go on. So the song... Is it the new one? To Be Human. Yes. Is beautiful. And I'd never heard it before until recently. And I thought, gosh, the composition's incredible. Her voice is really unusual. But it's got some really interesting points in it. Uh, and actually mm. phrases I've used a lot. So I felt like quite connected to her. So one of the things that we said we would quite like to do maybe is point out a piece of music or a playlist every month uh, or every episode that had uh, references to being human. And I think probably to start us off, you should go find out Marina to be human. Um, stick with it a bit. It won't be for everybody in terms of maybe the style, um, but the lyrics are B-E-A-U-tiful. <laughs> Matt Boyles, would you like to sign off with anything or say anything before we say gay? Say, say gay. Before we say gay. Should we say gay? 
And before we say goodbye to our, that was that all randled into three letters, um, to say goodbye, this is why I could never write code or Morse code. Say gay. What? Was it, who is, who's written this? No, I think it means more than that. Uh, before we say goodbye to our listener. <laughs> just the one. Um, no, I just thoroughly enjoy, I really like... One of the things we talked about at the very start was exploring the duality of like what it means to be human. And I think we are really getting to the, the, the crux of that, how we know things are good for us, but we don't do them or we do things to extremes because we think we should like there's so many like. I, yeah, I love it. I'm very grateful that we're doing this and I'm grateful that people are listening and seem to be enjoying. So thank you, everyone. Yes, me too. And so I think we'll leave maybe with um, this. And that is that. It's okay to feel like a failure and it's also okay to feel like you should be doing more and it's okay to feel amazing halfway through the day or wake up and it's also okay to feel a bit meh as well. But mm. stop trying to feel a different way. It's okay to want to feel a different way. You know, if you think, do you know what, actually I'm a bit sad, I'd rather I felt happy. That's a wonderful aspiration to have. But at the same time, don't negate or devalue uh, your feelings because everything you feel is real and everything you feel is valid and um, there is no mm. such thing as an emotion that is not real so sometimes it's better to just spend a tiny bit of space and you literally could time yourself and say give myself 10 minutes to wallow in this feeling of whatever this is to work out why i'm feeling it because feelings don't just happen they happen for a very good reason and that may mm. well be the thing that you need to kickstart you into saying do you know what let's try a bit of movement and see if the movement helps clear my mind, freshen some of those cobwebs away, and makes me feel like a better person and a better human. Matt Boyles, would you like to say goodbye? I would. Goodbye. I didn't do a funny. I just said goodbye. You did do a funny. You're doing a funny now. It's supposed to be serious and like all lovely at the end, and you just did a funny. I, I said goodbye. Oh, yeah. Bye, everybody. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. Tailspin, oh yeah, tailspin, oh yeah, tailspin, on the top of the with another tailspin.